Hey, how you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Marvel Hacks Season 3, Episode 6, our final episode or issue for this particular season. On the line tonight, I have the two Marvel Hacks on the line tonight. It's the Sandman. Sandman, say what's happening. Konnichiwa, people. It's hack time again. What's going on? Yep, we're all the way back and also on the line tonight. We're going to try to not get him into trouble uh, as we're reviewing some things that <laughs> might he might step into it. Uh, it's Brother Beavis. Hello, everybody. And, producer, will you say hello to the Sandman for him? Because I'm not talking to him anymore. Yes. It's just my kind of words about Van Halen today. And I can't mess with that fool anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah, behind the scenes footage. Uh, uh, we do these one gotta goes. If you follow us on Facebook or Instagram, you'll see them all the time, or it's one gotta go. And they go out in the text messages too. The one gotta go today that went out early in the morning was between. Uh, Metallica, Van Halen, ACDC, and Led Zeppelin. Uh, so it was one guy to go, and uh, Sandman picked Van Halen to the chagrin of Brother Beavis. You want to go ahead and say why, Sandman? Um, all I'm going to say is it wasn't even Van Halen at the end. It was Van Hagar. So, you know, I was thinking more of them, but, you know, whatever. That's my excuse. Defend your boys, uh, brother Beavis. I can't even. That that's just a nonsensical argument. I can't even. I can't even engage with that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, it, well, it, was a, it was a only one can stay for me because those like all those other three bands are completely played out, and uh, if I never hear them, it'll be too soon. Yeah, I, I think I <laughs> sent the text out that I was like, uh, for me, it would have been. Uh, Led Zeppelin because I'm not as familiar with their works because that's really predate we're old but not necessarily that old, that old yeah. and then um, uh, and then it would have been Metallica just because so many like white people played it to death when I was in college man I just couldn't I can't stand it like I just was done hearing Metallica and there and at the end even though I think in that later versions that I've seen of them I think that they're kind of regular dudes but those dudes in the 90s were kind of dicks and um like they portrayed themselves as such and I was just like I can't deal with them so yeah so that's it alright one gotta go y'all gotta put your friendship back together here for this podcast so uh, hold on let me hit this music for blurred notes so as the blurred note sounder brings us in um, not the traditional blurred notes tonight where we would take all the letters and spell them out for you we are going to uh, talk about Luke Cage season two on Netflix uh, that premiered I guess last Friday night maybe and uh, 13 episodes for season two just like season one uh, I think we all enjoyed season one up until Cottonmouth died um, and then after that it was really just the stream of episodes that weren't very good the villain wasn't very good um, it just wasn't a great series once Cornell passed away so, uh, I mean, am I talking out of turn, Brother Beavis? No, you're right. I mean, I think the origin part, which I think happened after Cottonmouth, was pretty good. Uh, and the fact that they actually got him in the yellow shirt with the headband and the bracelets and all that, um, that was just a, kind of a nice touch. And I do appreciate the fact that, what I don't even remember the name of the other guy. Like, he had a uniform that was exactly like what he wore in the comics. But yeah, the last half of that series was a lot of... There was, like, at least two episodes of him, like, just running around being hurt. They had to go through yeah. the origin, and then the whole... They had yeah. to, like, go through the same process to get him his powers back. Yeah. 
It was and great. Lots of, the first six were great. And then, yeah. Yeah, lots of Claire Temple those last few episodes as well. Uh, Brother B, or Sandman, am I saying anything out of turn? Yeah, oh, we are. Yeah, then am I saying anything out of turn, Sandman, for the second half of Luke Cage season one? No, no, you pretty much uh, hit it. Like, uh, after Cottonmouth um, uh, leaves the show, obviously, it's not quite the same. The, uh, yeah, that outfit, oh, I forget what the, the, the dude's name was. That's never a good sign. Can't even remember his name. Mm-hmm. Um uh, a character, yeah, it was supposed to be, yeah, like uh, Viva said, out of the comic, and I understand what they were trying to do. It just didn't work. It just looked ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> I remember laughing when I saw it because I knew what they were trying to do, and I was like, okay, it's, this is stupid. He, he, he looked was, like yeah. he had some pajamas with footies on. Uh, yeah, <laughs> trying to pick a fight in the middle of the street. Yeah, and he had the catcher's mask thing, or the 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 umpire mat thing, like right in the middle. Uh, what was his name? Yeah, like, uh, it was a snake, something, right? Yeah, something like, like something, that. Like sign yeah. sign or something. That wasn't it, but it was terrible. Uh, yeah, it, it yeah. just was terrible. So season two, I think, and reading a lot of the stuff leading up to it, they recognized that um, the second half of it was bad. So. What they did was try to make a, and what I think they were successful at is they made a more consistent season. I've watched all 13 episodes. The uh, the fellas have seen a few of them here and there. We'll probably spoil a little bit of this just because um, I, I'm trying to, I'll try not to do too much, but um, basically this season, um, Luke Diamond is back. back. Diamond back. There you go. Thank you. He, he, he oh, Diamond okay. baseball. That was close. Um, so. Uh, basically Luke is back and after everything that has happened between season one and then the defenders as well you know he's the he, he he's famous you know um, and people want to be him see him be around him or whatever the ladies love him and all the men want to be him. woo Ric Flair and uh, you know there's a there's a heroes app that people are following him around town he can't get anything done but really much like Black Panther the movie Luke Cage is probably the least interesting character in his own damn TV show. And that's, <laughs> I don't know if that's on purpose. I'm not sure if that's just a, a byproduct of how the show has gone. But essentially, the star of season two is Mariah Dillard or uh, Mariah or Black Mariah, whatever you want to call her. That actress acts the hell out of that role. She plays it uh, to the hilt. She is evil manipulative but likable I, I i likened it with somebody i said she's almost like cersei from game of thrones it's like she's mm. so damn evil but you kind of like her at the same time um mm. she is brilliant in this whole freaking series and really the story revolves around her and her machinations and trying to you know go legit but not really be legit and you know there's a new villain in town named the bushmaster played by i don't really know who that dude is but he does a very good job as well i'm not sure if you could even call him a villain because his overall goal is basically to punish mariah dillard and she's evil as hell so i'm not sure if you can really call him a villain but um just a really good it's it's a consistent show it does not have the highs of Cottonmouth. like it does not have any of those episodes with cornell where you're like holy crap that dude is just amazing and you know you love those parts but it doesn't have the diamond back lows like at all so um yeah just a very consistent season i would say it's better than season one i would say it's probably close to up there with 
daredevil season one in terms of its consistency. So, uh, from what you've seen, Sandman, you've seen four episodes. What did you think? So far, I like it. Um, I mean, there's you, you were uh, talking about um, Mariah. There were times I thought she was almost overacting, trying to be so evil at times. But I still do like the character. I do like that. Uh, uh, you're you're pretty much on with the comparison to Cersei. I was thinking about that, and I was watching a video with some Game of Thrones stuff today. It kind of reminded me of that, strangely enough. So uh, mm-hmm. I like it so far. Um, I like I said, uh, only seen so many, so still got some ways to go. But uh, I like the direction it's going. I like the villain so far. Yeah, Bushmaster is great. That's great. I texted y'all like after I was watching. I was like, hey, y'all might want to watch this shit with the captions on, though, to work up on your uh, Jamaican accents. So, but uh, brother B, this is only an <laughs> episode and some change in. What have you think so far? Yeah. So I want to make it clear. Like my complaints are more with Netflix and the structure of the show, because I would mm. never say an unkind word about a black character. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so I watched I started watching it and I was like halfway through the first episode and I felt like I had been in it for a while and I hit pause I was like man I'm like halfway through and there was a mm. moment where I was like I don't know if I can give Netflix another 13 hours of my life because the right. pacing of their shows is just uh and there's mm-hmm. I feel like there's a solid like three or four too many storylines in the show already like mm. it's all like you know, his dad is there, there's three or four different new villains, he's trying to make money, and then Clary Jane is hating on him for being a superhero. <laughs> Clary it's just, Jane. You know, right. it's just, there's a lot. I feel like they could pare it down a lot. But it's got Misty Knight in it, so that kept me in. But I'm only like yeah. one and a half episodes in. Noted. Um, and yeah, she is in it um, a lot, and you know, you gotta get the transformation where she gets the arm as well. Um, a, a minor spoiler or whatever. Uh, Danny Rand and Iron Fist does come back into it. He's there for one episode. They completely fix the character on this show. Completely. Really? Yes. Is wow. that the transformation is that good? It started with a haircut. And they finally mm-hmm. found the rhythm for that character. Now, can they carry that rhythm out for 13 episodes in season two? Probably not. But Does teaming them together. A dialogue like this. Yeah. 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 Teaming teaming them up for 13 or teaming them up for an episode though, it worked out perfectly. Um, I was telling Sammy before we started recording. Like for whatever reason, my wife decided to watch this show with us, me, and I I was able to binge all 13 episodes in two days. Like that never happens because she has no interest in this stuff. But for whatever reason, she started watching it and she got hooked into it, and we just kind of rolled all the way through. So yeah. it, it, they, they do fix that. Uh, Misty Knight does make her appearance. You kind of get a lightweight Daughters of the Dragons um, moment in there as well. Um, there is a lot of Claire Temple to a point, but you'll be happy with the outcome of that, Brother Beavis. And, um, you know, the, the finale is really good. Um, you know, we get, you know, Nightshade as a character uh, makes an appearance. It, they there is a lot going on I, I will definitely give you that and you definitely need and they do a good job of doing some callbacks with um visuals to season one because you're like what the who what, what? you know <laughs> but beyond that they do a pretty good job and i did make a determination at some point in time because he makes an appearance in this one as he does in all the other ones i think i want to be turk 
Like, you just show up, yeah. do some illegal <laughs> shit, and then you get to leave. Like, I, I think Turk might be my favorite character on these, these all these damn series. Yeah. So, Turk be taking I, some L's, though. I mean, yeah. He, well, I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> but he do be taking some L's. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. yeah, and you brought up the father. Uh, that was Reggie Cathy, who passed away earlier this year. So, yeah. shouts out to Reggie yeah. Cathy for an RIP. But, um, he, I mean, that dude's a great actor in everything. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's, he is. I mean, Holy cow! Yeah. He, wasn't the, to, he, his, he wasn't the problem. Just the fact that yeah. it was one more thing. That, that yeah. Got no, I got you. Yeah. And uh, our friend of the show. You know, I, I love black actors. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Make sure you get that in. There. You got to. Uh, you got to say it every five minutes. But <laughs> yeah. Hit the button. Um, and our friend of our friend of the show, our uh, school alumni, our. Uh, I don't know really what you want to call him. My friend Curtis Cook, um, who played Uncle Pete in season one, uh, makes an appearance in season two as well as Uncle Pete as there's a flashback scene. Uh, so uh, be looking for Curtis as Uncle Pete. And there, uh, when I spoke to him after season one, because we spoke to him before, uh, we interviewed him before it premiered. He had told us that he had gotten the show. He couldn't talk about it because the, the non-disclosure or whatever, he couldn't say too much whatever but he was really excited he was you know the people he was working with blah 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 he was really excited about the whole thing then when it premiered you know i watched it or whatever and i think he he might have made two episodes i think it was only one in season one you know where he gets killed uh by cornell and um i was like yo you know i saw you on the thing you did a really good job he was his exact quote was they cut out all my good shit so uh, <laughs> oh man damn that sucks uh, so an actor yeah. to the end uh curtis uh but yes so shouts out to curtis uh uncle pete uh doing big things shouts out to belmont high school all right there you go all right so yeah so that's blurred notes much shorter blurred notes than we had in the past because we were going through so many topics and comments and comic book movie news uh we will get back to that when we get to season four hopefully i won't hate star wars by by then all right, but beyond that, let's get into these books. All right, that's day one. That's day one. Hey, it's that's day one. Hey, we are the Marvel Hacks, but we do do one DC book uh, every week. Uh, Brother Beavis gets to take a that's header. Like, that's as like we... the bait for Big Hutch. We try and lay that yeah. bait to try and get it. Yeah, yeah. we do. Yeah, we try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we try to get the mouse to come to the trap. And uh, he does it taking it for a while. But I'm telling you, once we put Rom and Dazzler on there, he'll be back on. But anyway. Yeah, there you go. go. read some DC books. All right, we'll read one. Hello? Yeah. Hello? Crickets. Hello? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Hawkman, we were talking about this, too, before we hit record as well. Uh, before you check out there, Brother Beavis, what is your history with Hawkman? Do you have any history with him outside of Justice League and Justice League Unlimited? Uh. Was he not on the Super Friends? He was. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, I think I always liked the design of the character, and I had no idea his background was as confusing as it was. Yeah. Um, and then, I, th- you know, he was a douche on Justice League just because of the way they cast him. I thought Hawk Girl was great. Um, yeah. And then they, you know, they tried to touch on the various confusing aspects. And then I saw him a little bit in uh, Legends of Tomorrow, and he was not the strength of that show. So I always liked the design. <laughs> I always liked the fact that he had a mace and he smashed people. I always yeah. thought like the Hawkman and Flash Gordon were much much better. But mm. yeah, you know, I, I got some Hawkman history. Okay. Yeah, we were mm-hmm. just saying like uh, essentially he got replaced 
by a character that came after him. You know, Hawk Girl is a much more popular character than him. Got his role in the Justice League or his spot in the Justice League, and she's a very popular character. I didn't know that much about the character outside of the cartoons as well. So when I picked this book, we were going to do it a couple weeks ago between that and Plastic Man. I picked this book now because it was really the only thing that you know made sense without having to read a bunch of other books before. I actually enjoyed this book. Uh, I know brother or Sandman read it as well. It's the Storter of Carter Hall. Uh, is done by the all. The writer is what Robert Vendetti, and the artist is Brian Hitch. Um, basically, I, I I likened it to this book to Indiana Jones meets Jason Bourne. That's basically it. Hawkman is searching for artifacts, and while in the search for his artifacts, as he looks to colonize, hello, he looks to colonize all these areas and steal these artifacts. To try to untie his history he also doesn't know he knows about all these reincarnations that he's had for himself but he can't really piece all of those things together and so there's a story where he goes he steals an artifact that was had something to do with some flying ape people and think it was the nautilus of revelation i think is what it was called or revealment the nautilus of revealment, of revealment and, yeah yeah he goes and gets it the monkey ape creature comes to life and the ape can actually fly and it chases him out of there and you know he escapes or he hits it with the mace brother beavis and if you like the mace he hits it with the bait and the mace ends the match gets the three count and the pinfall and then that's pretty much the end of the early parts of the book uh hitch is a great artist so i mean the book is super well written i'm not sure who this vendetti character is for the writing but overall you know a solid opening to the book what did you think sam yeah, it's um, like you said. It's actually a really, very uh, well drawn, beautiful um, artwork in it, and it uh, reads very easily and pretty quick. I was surprised how quickly I got through it, and um, how straightforward the plot was, and um, how um, cool the story was. Actually, it was uh, at the end. I was um, intrigued to uh, know more, and I can't say I was had that mindset going into it. Yeah, I, I like I said, you know, yeah, uh, Hawkman Hulk, isn't exactly my <laughs> my uh, 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 character. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to you know reading usually if I'm reading a comic book. So yeah, um, Hawkman Hawkman ain't my jam either. Yeah, so yeah, I think they did a good job. Mm -hmm. And so the first half of his book is getting that, and then he takes the Nautilus of Revealment off to London, and he meets up with this. Um, uh, I guess she's like a sorcerer. Her name is Xanadu, yeah. which made me think, can, just a real quick pause, can we talk about how hot Olivia Newton-John was? Just really, really quick second. Just to let everybody know, um, Google it. <laughs> Holy cow. Olivia Newton-John yeah. from 77-ish, 76 to 80-something. 80-something. Holy cow, man. Yeah. Yeah, holy yeah, cow. I watched that all... I watched that awful ass movie by the same name just because she was in it. Just to, and I mean, it is an awful movie. Listen, <laughs> so, man, I know all. She the must words. be good looking. I know all the words to all them Grease songs, every single one, of them. <laughs> and it ain't because I'm in the musicals. So, um, right. yeah. Anyway, uh, all right. So back to the book. So Xanadu um, helps him try to figure out what this Nautilus of Revealment is, and she gives him, you know, she cuts his, uh, you know, does some blood magic with him, which never works out, by the way. Wait, wait till you get to our Game of Thrones 
podcast for the next one. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no yeah, joke. Blood magic, blood magic never works. And so she cuts his hand, and then he goes into all of this. He falls into his past, essentially, and sees all of his different selves over all of these different centuries or whatever, all his reincarnation, and he sees a vision. And then in that vision, he feels that he has to be able to do something. The earth is going to be destroyed. And if he doesn't do something and he's not sure what he needs to do, he asked her to like, I need to see it again. And she's like, I saw it too. All I know is that you're going to die like a hundred more times before you can do anything about this. And that pretty much is how the book ends. Um, again, super well written, uh, well drawn as well. Uh, again, this is me two weeks in a row, thumbs up on some DC books. So please do not be sending me any of your hate mail, DC folks. I'm actually even writing a review uh, for Hawkman for the blog at brotherscomics.com. Uh, yeah, uh, a solid book. Uh, something that we talked about, Brother Beavis, and you know when you read the book, is about keeping these types of characters grounded in stories. And even though he's got wings and he can fly, keeping them grounded in non-world event stories. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess it's, we're only a matter of time till they announce the Hawkman movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep, any day now. And then it's only a matter of slightly more time before they announce the Hawkman movies on hold. But that's a yeah, it's a, <laughs> man, this is being written by Spielberg. Yeah, wait a minute. But he just, <laughs> yeah, he, he changed his mind, and now it's being directed by uh, nobody. Yeah, yeah, good, great book. Um, actually, I, I I was really solid and a solid read. A lot of a few splash pages that you were able to get through it kind of quick in certain of the action parts with no words. Still, no, uh, not a lot of uh, like plot boxes or whatever. It's just some thought process by him. But for the most part, a fairly solid book. What do you think there, Sammy? Um, which one are we talking about again? Hawkman. <laughs> we're Hawkman, still on yeah. Hawkman. Yeah. 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 Um, like I said uh, earlier, it's a, a good uh, beginning to a book. I like. Um, how quickly he got in and uh, introduced what he was trying to do, and um, uh, how it uh, um, ended is just uh, well drawn, a good um, concept, and um, at the end, you know what he's trying to do, and the end. <laughs> yeah, I can't ask yeah. for any more than that. You know. Yeah, it does a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah, a good book. I not that, and the only thing I hate about it is like I'm gonna have to follow this for a while until it pisses me off. So. I'm not sure how many issues, bless you, I'm not sure how many issues that's going to take, but uh, yeah, a solid opening. Really played on some uh, born identity type stuff here too, uh, or whatever. But speaking of playing off different books and other uh, popular cultural movies and whatnot, let's get into Black Panther number two, um, or as I like to call it, uh, The Last Black Jedi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Now, Brother Lewis oh is going to try to not get in any trouble here. Uh, to be honest with you, before we even get into that part of it, book two, to go to the end to the begin or the go to the end first, uh, book two did a much better job of explaining what the damn book was about than book one. Like, if you bought book one <laughs> and you were like, oh, I don't know what the fuck is going on here, hello, join the club. We're Brothers Comics and the Marvel Hacks. Hi, sit at our table. Because we read it and we didn't know what the hell was going on either. But within the first couple of pages, they're actually able to explain what the hell's gone on. As this is, a, we're going to call this an alternate reality book. But this is not a mainstream reality. Um, uh, would that be fair to say, Brother Reeves? I don't think this is happening in the regular MCU 
uh, comic yeah, stuff. Yeah, and it, the the big reveal at the end maybe gives us some insight into how the story is going to play out. You right. know, I th- it's not clear whether this is the future or alternate reality or whatever. And I think yeah. the the funny thing is is like. I think here, like in a book like this, and in the Captain America story, and, and sort of that tease for Iron Man, I think, you know, maybe this was their plan, and I'm only just now realizing it, but I think they could have done something where, if they really wanted to write the main character sort of out of the continuity, they're writing these stories now where you're showing kind of the legacy of these characters over time. So if you have, like, the replacement Plessy Ferguson characters in regular time, and you show that as, like, the stepping stone... Uh, for these, like the, the the echoes of all these characters down the road, and if the point is like Steve Rogers is not as important as Captain America and Tony Stark and T'Challa, and everybody else is not important as Iron Man, and Black Panther, they, that could have been how this went down. I don't give them enough credit that the, that's actually what's happening right now, and I don't know what the fetish is for all these kind of weird stories that happen out, out outside of continuity. But, yeah, I mean, I think I I was, maybe I was interested in, I was curious about issue two, maybe because I was so confused about issue one. And I think the other thing I'd say is, like, I think this book in particular is an argument, like, against digital formats of comics. Because this is really, like, it's told, like, a lot of, like, it's a really kinetic book, and it's really Mm -hmm. visual, and you don't get that same feel from like looking at it on the screen mm-hmm. um, and, and it's a on the one hand it's a quick read but on the other hand you could probably like pick up a lot from just the different scenes and stuff like that so yeah. I, I still am not sure I know what's going on but mm-hmm. you know it's something yeah it's something yeah, um, <laughs> it's Black Panther number two by Ta-Nehisi Coates and Daniel Lacuna, the intergalactic empire of Wakanda they tell you at the beginning, again, which they really weren't very clear about in the other one, 2,000 years ago, the Wakandans established a colony on the outer edges of the galaxy. It grew into an empire. I think the other thing, too, is like the first page of, of issue two, this is the tease from Marvel Legacy or whatever it was. I don't know if they mm-hmm. used the same panel in the first one. But right. It's almost like issue one was a misfire. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and mm-hmm. or, like, or pushed out of order. Um, yeah. And then, um, yeah, and so basically, what has happened is that the empire, <laughs> the the empire has taken over the galaxy. Even though they had good intentions initially, they have taken over the galaxy, and now there's a band of maroons, which is uh, like a Jamaican term for rebels. Uh, the maroons, rebels, are trying to take back the galaxy from the empire. They are led by Mbaku and Nakia. And then they, you know, a champion from the back, my God, has come running to the ring and T'Challa, who's um, a, a new challenger to the Empire. And, you know, word has spread throughout the galaxy, and we'll come back to that later, that there's this new dude that's running romp shot through everybody on Sunday night and Thursday night wrestling, and he's looking for the championship belt from the Empire. Um, and then basically this book is... There's an assault that they're supposed to do. It, it really did remind me of Star Wars. Like, all of my notes yeah. have Star Wars references they're in it. in the trench. He's in the trench. Yep. It was excellent. Yep. They're, they're trying to make this wow. assault. It's not going to It's a trap. It's a trap, really. 
and they're they're about to uh, to leave and pull out, but T'Challa's like, you know, he's a young rebel pilot for Kurosawa. He like, you know, goes in there, and then they have to. He's destroying all the ships. He even pulls that freaking. I'm gonna hit the brakes, and they fly right by. Look, uh, real quick pause, and this is in my <laughs> notes, by the way. Uh, that shit came from Battlestar Galactica first, not Top Gun. Just so everybody knows it, the original Battlestar Galactica, uh, the movie, not the TV show, the movie. That were premiered, uh, the hit the brakes, they'll fly right by. That came from that. But anyway, he pulls that out in Rick there. Rick Springfield got killed. That is also correct. And don't bring up Rick Springfield on this podcast. Uh, so, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's basically it. I think what his. Just happened. <laughs> you know what happened. Uh, so, <laughs> this is what he eventually came to. All right. So, yeah, I mean, it's basically a, a, just a whole bunch of, you know, dogfights. You know, I don't know if you're doing Red Tails. I don't know if you're doing Star Wars. I don't know if you're doing Star Wars with Red Tails in it. Um, but it's just a basic battle. And T'Challa is destroying, like, all the ships, uh, basically to the point where, you know, finally, they finally catch up to him, and he has to wind up being rescued by Nakia. Um, but, I mean, you know, just it's a rebel attack on the rebel base. But I think the second half of the book is where it gets to, and I'll, I'm – admittedly confused on this so I'm glad you got another set of eyes on it brother Beavis is that where they go to the to Vader the king of the empire or whatever he's dressed as like Killmonger with the Killmonger Black Panther suit with the gold accents and they're explaining to him like I'm sorry Lord Vader um you know and he forced he doesn't force choke somebody but essentially it's this intimidation thing why and he was T'Challa had supposed to have been taken care of ahead of time and he wasn't, and now he's causing all these problems. So the dude that was in charge of that gets killed. Now, I took that as he attacked him almost in a venom-like way. Did you get that? Yeah, yeah. I would. So I don't think that is what it is. But mm-hmm. uh, I'll, yeah, because I'm sitting here like, okay, here comes the Killmonger reveal. And they did right. that. And I'm like, oh shit! Don't tell me this is venom. But I don't. I'm not sure that's it either. It's similar, but it seems like maybe it's more like mystic energy. I don't know. It better right. not be Venom. Venom's terrible. It better not. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> I, I think his name is Lord Injapka. Uh, the Lord Injapka, who's the, in the Killmonger outfit, and basically, yeah, he should have been killed, and he wasn't, and yeah, I mean, and that's basically it, and now they're trying to, and he, then he tells them, like, everybody that worked for that dude, kill all them, too. Like, so he's really, really bad. I, in my notes, I have, and then Emperor Snoke, um, <laughs> I mean, that, it really is what it is. I mean, they're just playing off themes from Star Wars. I mean, I, I mean, again, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm just making an obvious reference point because it looks and feels exactly like Star Wars. Um, but I mean, overall, I thought set book Wait, two you, much better. You did, did you not read the last page? What did I miss? So they asked the question: oh, Why yeah. were they so interested in flying down the trench? It's yeah, because on that ship was. The Emcron Shard. Yeah. Yeah, something from their battle with the Shi'ar. Yeah, they did put not mention Yeah, that so there. the Emcron Crystal opens up all sorts of... It's essentially the Cosmic Cube, another one of the world-famous MacGuffins. So at this point, <laughs> this could be anything. They could... Yeah. I mean, they, they can drop whatever kind of nonsense. Oh, speaking of, this might be a good time to tell this story, just on the, on the subject of nonsense. So, uh, we went on vacation this weekend, and you guys almost got a text. I was like, I need a pack of Franks and a big bag of Frito-Lays, because we went to the Poconos. So, we were driving up there, and of course, I started just busting out Cole Lampo and Flavor Flav. 
and my daughter was like, what is oh, that? No. Or no, she was sitting there, she was like, what's what's the bank of reality? And I was like, oh, it's just gibberish. It's, I'll show you a picture. It's Flavor Flav. It's, it's all gibberish. It'll make, it'll make sense once you see the picture. And she's like, who's Flavor Flav? I was like, well, he's the hype man of Public Enemy. Uh, he's the guy who goes out and gets everybody all riled up before, before Chuck D comes out and drops knowledge on him. And she's like, well, who's Chuck D? I was like, well, he's the MC, the Master of Ceremonies. And Terminator X is the DJ. And she was like, now you're talking like that gibberish guy because I don't know the single thing you're talking about. <laughs> I was on the floor. <laughs> so anyway, that was my story. I tried to educate my child about public yeah. enemy. Yeah. I don't think it's done. Yeah. You're doing a poor, you're doing a poor <laughs> job at parenting, sir. If we're getting to this point and she doesn't know any of this information already, I, I think you, you're already <laughs> behind the curve. You, you put her cultural uh, relevance and experience way behind the curve already. So yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, you got to uh, tighten up. All right, but yeah, overall though, book two I thought was I thought it was actually pretty decent, much better than book one. What'd you think, brother? Peter? I mean, I. It's a fast read. I don't know that I still know what's going on. It's compelling enough for me to figure out what the story is because yeah. it doesn't it doesn't necessarily feel like they're just going to pull the rug out, which is how I feel like a lot of these epic five issue runs is like it just doesn't make any sense and then yeah. they pull the rug out from you uh, at the last minute. And I, this seems like there is a story here. I do want to know like is it is it real? Is it future? Is it mm-hmm. what? So I, I'm at least compelled. Yeah, I wonder if this with the with the Imkron shower slash crystal or whatever is that something that does wind up with them time shifting back to present time because he keeps having all these flashbacks with Storm in these books. And yeah, that's kinda, the one thing that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and you kind of wonder mm. if that has. I mean, you know, because they, again, they they fresh started this book with the same writer with with Ta-Nehisi Coates, so you wonder. If it's going to, you know, get itself back into normal continuity or regular continuity, I don't know. I mean, like I said, that it could was, be Bloodstorm that's calling him back. Uh, we don't know, bro. Mm. Don't do that. All right. So <laughs> 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 we're gonna lose Bloodstorm here, actually, as we get to our, our throwback. Well, it's not really a throwback when we get to our X Men book later in the podcast. But yeah. So all right. So yeah, Black Panther two. Uh, I'm giving it a, a mild thumbs up. It's much like better than the first. Yeah, much better than first. Hawkman was away, thumbs up. And so, yeah, as we said the last on episode five, like, oh, man, yeah, I'm not sure if people listen to us for all this positivity. Um, I'm going <laughs> to hit a hard correction here as we get into Iron Man number one, as we hit that refresh. Um, a hard, hard oh, correction uh, as we do. Oh, boy. Uh, my, not, my note at the top says awful. That's my first note that I had here. Um, who, the awful Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> who all read this? I did not. Did I was not. still, I like, it. after X-Men or Iron Man 600, whatever, I'm like, mm, I'm good. <laughs> I understand. Could, can't. Uh, uh, Sammy, could blame me. Yeah. Did you get this one? Did you yeah. get this one? Okay, so. Uh, yeah, I read it. Yeah. <laughs> Iron Man number one by Dan Slott, who just came off of that wonderful uh, Spider-Man 800 that we also read, who was a very good writer, like, I don't understand. Uh, and then I think, yeah, uh, Valerio Shitty is the uh, the uh, artist. You got that right. But actually, the art is actually very good. It's, it's the writing that's really bad for this book. Um, the, the, the tag story is self-made man. 
uh, there's a flashback story where Tony is in some sort of robot soccer tournament, you know, with his robots or whatever. And he's a kid. He actually has the outfit on that he had in Weird Science, uh, which is kind of like a weird throwback. If you didn't know, Robert Downey Jr. was not always Iron Man, young people. Um, <laughs> and if you haven't seen Weird Science, uh, he, Google he it. He had the Weird Science outfit in the comic book? Yes. Yes. That's I'll, awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll text you. I had no idea. That was yeah, <laughs> that's a definite pull yeah. from there. And so he's there. Right. He um, he Straight wins the up. soccer. He wins. He, he, wins what. <laughs> he wins the soccer tournament, obviously. And the guy that he beat in the soccer tournament later on, it becomes like a, a robot. I don't know, technician or whatever. And then Tony reconnects with him. It's it's a, basically a story about them trying to um, get the three laws into his new robots and to make sure that any of these raw these robots that have sentience aren't like slaves to the system that the that the humans aren't abusing them and how can you insert programs where the humans get, essentially give them free will to act but with also with with obeying the yeah. three laws um uh, that's basically yeah. it. Jo- jocasta yeah him. yeah jocasta is a part of this as well uh, more than anything the book is way too jokey it feels like a damn spider-man book and it's not <laughs> Tony Stark. That's basically the thing that I could say the most about it. Sandman and my telling stories out of school. Yeah, that's pretty much how I saw it too. He's um, very much um, you can't, don't really take him seriously. He's always got that smirk on his face, jokey, uh, kind of like Spider-Man in a way. Yeah, it kind of had that feel. And um, yeah, it was like almost like a alternate tales story. Mm. You know what I mean? It's just and. Uh, um, I don't know. If, did you already hit on Fing Fing Fang Foom? We're getting there, man. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah spoiler. But, yeah. Whatever. Spoiler. Yeah. Exactly. He's <laughs> a know. terrible character too. But yeah, he brings. Yeah. He brings that dude to Stark Tower, wherever it is right now, to get the work on the robots. And then there's a Fing Fang Foom sighting, um, or as F cubed as they call him. And there's a he. This is Brother Beavs. Okay, so he goes out to fight him. And instead of having a, uh, a Hulk Buster, he has a Fing Fan Foom Buster. Um, so it turns into like some lightweight Voltron shit. He's got this big ass thing, uh, uh, armor on, fighting Fing Fan Foom. And Fing Fan Foom's not speaking or talking and using his you know big words that he normally does when he fights. He's really quiet, and everybody notices that or whatever. And you know they fight. And then they figure out there's something wrong with his brain. So then he goes to nanotechnology to go inside his brain and uses the other uh, robots who aren't, who are still attached to the system and they can't get them to work properly, which is why he brought this dude over. But in in the early part of the book, he played that song. You know, uh, what is it? Uh, y'all ready um, for this? Y'all oh, ready for this? Okay, so they have to be in tune. They have to be in tune with the rhythm, essentially, uh, for them to work. And then they finally get that out and they play that song again. And the nanotech goes and they find there's something on Fing Fang Foom's brain that's uh, preventing him from acting the way that he would normally act, that he's being controlled by somebody. And, you know. Yeah, some he, sort of technology. Yeah. And so he defeats him. Everybody's happy. There's a, there is a line in there, Brother Beavers, that you probably wouldn't have enjoyed about. Um, uh, the the robot dude makes a reference to is like man um like I'm not sure why um 
like oh like he's trying to find a weakness on him oh he's like oh like in smog like in uh, the hobbit movies yeah. or whatever and then Dacosta's like i'm not familiar with that particular reference and she's like hold on i'm gonna read like all the books and all the references you know she does it in like a panel she's like mm, okay i get it she's like we probably shouldn't have made that one book out of three movies though <laughs> Yeah, that was the one, that was the one time I actually laughed. Yeah, was like, that was, was that was nice. Dying. I was like, okay, that yeah. worked, but the rest of this shit doesn't. Um, not like at all. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so they defeat Fing Fang Foom, and then the tagline at the end is like, "There's some new villain. His name is the Controller." Now, unless y'all heard of this dude before, I'm not sure if he's like a video game guy from Spider-Man: His Amazing Friends or Arachnoid. Or whatever, but uh, I've never seen this dude before. He's got a one of the ro- one. He's controlling one of the robots that works at Stark Industries as well. Um, that's why he's able to get all this inside info or whatever. Have y'all heard of the controller before? I think yeah. I have. Okay. Yeah, from uh, from the old um, Iron Man. Uh, um, not not the any of the cartoons or shows, but like the the comics and stuff. He shows up. He's a techno uh, technologically. Um, uh, back uh, story hero. Okay. He looks all fucked up though. Something's wrong with his face or something. I really don't remember what his story is, but he's just one of those kind of disposable Iron Man foes, technological foes that they, they ring out every now and then when they don't have Titanium Man or something. Okay. So it's yeah, he ain't much. Right. Put it that way. Okay, so let's contrast this from Hawkman to Iron Man, of very powerful, both very powerful heroes. Um, but one of them, probably a much, probably one who has a much, well, uh, you can't put Iron Man and Hawkman in the same class. I I I'm using the wrong powerful then, like two, I don't know what, I'm, what I'm trying to get to the point is, is that why is Iron Man essentially in a story that, a character who is obviously more powerful in a story that is basically a Hawkman type story? Because, again, yeah, you could tell these stories that are smaller in scale or whatever, but it is fucking Iron Man, man. Like, he shouldn't be in these little tiny stories fighting against the damn controller. Like, it's the controller and Fing Fang Foom. This is your relaunch book of this. Take out the, the character version of Robert Downey Jr. or whatever. Like, why is this book with Iron Man fighting like little like non-world beating stories when it's fucking Iron Man brother beers well uh, we've talked on a number of occasions like you can make a decent comic out of any character as long as you tell a story and have a good creative team and I I think I think Iron Man in the comics is maybe hamstrung by Iron Man in the movies and Mm. expectations of people and I'm not sure anybody yeah. knows what Iron Man is anymore. Yeah. Okay. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, I, and I don't disagree with you. And it's just weird that, you know, after issue 600, which was some of the worst comic book telling of all time, all time, that, you know, it was like, all right, let's relaunch this book. We got Dan Slott, who's a really good writer. Like, he's just like he just took a Spider-Man plot. Because that's a Spider-Man story, essentially. Like, a big monster attacks. We're going to do something to stop it. We do hooray and everybody cheers. That's a Spider-Man story. You know? And, like, it's freaking Iron Man. Freaking Iron Man. So, uh, it's just it's just annoying. I was pretty pissed off, actually, after I read it. I was kind of excited about the relaunch. You know, when he, when he was relaunched in 
whichever relaunch I guess before the one that gave us Riri Williams before Riri Williams that book was really awesome and now it's just whatever I, I won't be going back to Iron Man number issue number two I'm completely thumbs down spoiled me on it completely so alright <sighs> speaking of a book that did get better though as I turned the, turned the, the wheel to back towards positivity we get to Avengers number three now Brother Beavers did read this one I'm going to let you take the lead as I take a sip of water here Okay, so uh, this, uh, if we recall, this was a story that started in Marvel 10,000 BC or whatever, where we had the original, the OG Avengers uh, fought a Celestial, and then they were never heard of for several months after that. So the new <laughs> Avengers series, probably like the sixth several Avengers months. series in the last <laughs> three years, uh, picks up with uh, the big three getting back together and uh, Lightweight forming a new team for Celestials. We had the surprise reveal that Loki is behind everything. So um, the Avengers really, the, the, if we're to believe they're the Avengers, which for this book is Doctor Strange, Iron Man, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Thor, Captain America, Ghost Rider, and Hulk, a.k.a. Jennifer Walters. Um, so they had split most of them up in pairs, and I, uh, Ghost Rider and, and Hulk are fighting out in the out in the desert, and uh, uh, Black Panther and Doctor Strange were at the center of the Earth, and then Captain Marvel and the Big Three were fighting Loki and the Celestials. So um, that basically keeps going on, um, and they finally get sorted together, and. It turned. It, 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 I, you say it got better. I don't know if I can buy it. There's several <laughs> things that bother me about this. First of all, there's like solid. I'm gonna say 20 times in this book, where more than that, there's maybe like 30 or 40 times where somebody utters a line of dialogue that's like, grr, 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 some sort of. Oh yeah. I noticed that too. Yeah. And then for they're like enough that right enough that you, you recognize it. And mm. then I don't understand why everybody has to just like say hell and damn for no reason. Mm. And I'm you know I'm not trying to be approved, but it just does not add to the book. Mm-hmm. Um, Captain America makes this noble sacrifice, but he just seems to like lash out at everybody. Like he's in the middle of the sun, protected by Loki, yeah. and his first instinct is to take out Loki. It's almost like they try and steer Loki back into, yeah, I was the big bad, but now I'm like, um, I, I'm just a cool heel. Mm-hmm. They're kind of, they're just, they're like acting like Ghost Rider doesn't belong when he's probably, you know, as or more powerful than most of them. Right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But the story is, the end of the story is like, Apparently, I, I don't know if this is the original Sentinel, but they find his carcass, I guess, rotting inside the earth, and maybe that's where all these bugs come from. Mm. I, I just, I'm not sure I know what's going on. Yeah. Still. Uh, and they're not even, they're not even really the Avengers yet. No. Just, yeah. And then, and then, right, having never really come together, they sort of overtly split up again at the end of the. They like pair off in different yeah. pairs, and everybody splits off again. Let's split up, gang. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Iron, Iron Man actually says that too. It was like, oh, we're splitting up again. Kind of even mentions it. So it's, eh. Uh, yeah, it's uh, kind of it's kind of crazy. 
I think when I took when I texted all that, I was like, "Well, it's gotten better." Is because it started off so terrible. Like that first issue was not great. The second issue where we had this Loki reveal seemed like um, a hot shot in the title. It was like, "Oh yeah, by the way." So the third issue where it's finally trying to actually tell the story that you're trying to tell, like it's finally like at least getting and going somewhere. You know, a couple of my notes here. One is like I have a Oh, Brother Beavis's favorite thing where they have an Avengers character who doesn't think he's worthy that has to go out and yeah. prove himself with Ghost Rider. So that's that's a you know a a common theme or whatever. And it's really you know they just split the teams up. You got Captain Marvel into the book now. There's a great line from Thor in there about it's like cease your civil warring when him and her and Iron Man are arguing. And I thought was pretty dope, um, but. Beyond that, I mean, it really is just, you know, trying to get them together. You know, uh, Ghost Rider and She-Hulk are in hell. They meet up with Black Panther and Doctor Strange, who was written completely different than the damn Doctor Strange solo book. Which, I mean, he's like, I, you know, he's it's written as if he doesn't, like, he's not used to freaky deaky shit. And I'm like, you should be completely used to, <laughs> like, all this freaky stuff. Like, how are you even, like, scared or whatever by this? And then, yeah, and then the rescue mission for Cap as they, you know, head out or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Again, like we said with Iron Man, the book may be married to the idea of MCU Loki and comic book Loki, and which one is which. The same with Iron Man, and um, it it is better than it was. Like I said, they haven't gotten together as a team, like you said, Brother Beavis, but at least... I don't know. It seems like it's moving in a better direction than the first two issues. Sam, man, did you read this one? Yes, I, I read it. Um, it's um, it's a little disjointed, <laughs> to say the least. It's kind of that's kind. I didn't mind it. Yeah, it's it's just kind of seems like they're 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 trying to bring it the team together now. They're you know they showed in the first one they were all kind of apart and then trying to um, fighting their separate battles and now they're trying to come together and just figure out what was going on which we still don't really know what the hell's going on with the dead sentinel bodies and now these dark sentinels and this fourth host or whatever and um now that they found was that the um the giant sentinel body at the end was that not not even i keep saying sentinel celestial Mm -hmm. was that was was he a celestial yeah that was the original one that they found that the other people buried like the that the 10 million bc people buried like that was oh, I that see. one. So, so, okay, that makes some little bit of sense. Yeah, and that's why he's, but, yeah. he's and they Loki brought him back to life, and you know, because they killed him. Yeah, he's mad. That's basically it. And he's brought these. What are they? The Dark Celestials. What is he called? The Final Host. And the, you know, oh, fine. yeah, yeah right. they're there to you know kind of clear everybody out. And Loki, much like in the original Avengers, is the uh, the person that's bringing the the the, the, the what are they called the <laughs> the Dothraki. The He's bringing the Dothraki to Earth, basically. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> Too many podcasts I host. Yeah, he's bringing the Dothraki to Earth. That's basically it. They cross the narrow sea, and he's bringing them to Earth. Um, I mean, I mean, thinking about that promo. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the promo that Aquaman cut on the Iron Throne. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it it's classic. Uh, yeah, um, but I mean, whatever. I mean, like, I, I like it. they left Ghost Rider holding the bag, which was kind of funny too. 
and then the reveal is it with the progen- progenitor progenitor I don't know yeah that's, so that's basically it yeah. and the other part is too is like Thor takes She-Hulk with him to confront Loki or to confront the Allfather um, Odin about what they did to the Celestials back in the day and, you know he's like you better tell me the truth you know you guys did all this bad stuff and then that's basically you know the end of that but th- is the progenitor or whatever does anybody know what that character is I've never is heard of it before. The, is that the Sentinel that the the OG Avengers defeated at the beginning of? Is that that one? Oh, okay. I thought that I, other one was that one. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to go look at the pictures, but that would be the only thing to me that would make sense. Okay. Yeah, I didn't make that connection either. I wasn't sure if that was the same one or okay. what. I, yeah, I'd have to go back and look. Um, I didn't think it looked like that, but yeah, it's the only thing that makes any sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, I... Does that stuff bothers me is that they're not necessarily really clear about it with because they don't give you like you know thought and editor boxes to be like hey you know and a call back to this you know you know they don't do that so you're supposed to figure this shit out all right uh my ending note says kind of love but better than the first two issues brother beavis thumbs up thumbs <laughs> down thumbs in the middle uh. I, I again, I don't, I just don't feel like that's a book you can like. They've put so much in the Avengers, like they've made the Avengers much more prominent in the comics than they ever were back in the Avengers heyday. And I don't think it can be your flagship title and be average. Mm-hmm. So I think for an average book, you got to go thumbs down. It's got to be better than this. Okay, brother or Sammy, see. Uh, it's this kind of reminded me of the Iron Man book a little bit. It's almost silly at times. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> With uh, all the um, all the craziness going on, it's uh, I'll, I'll give it a sideways right now. I can't really give it a thumbs up. There's mm-hmm. some things I am curious about, but it's not that I didn't like it. But eh, it, I think what Beavis said is right. It should be a little bit better. Yeah, but I'll I mean, give it a, you know, halfway. And this is going to be something that we'll probably wind up getting into in season four. Is then what the hell book is the flagship title for? Marvel. Uh, by the time we get to season four, the Fantastic Four will be back. Chances are that the X-Men books, which we're going to get to here in a minute, will be uh, refreshed. Is it the Avengers with this particular team? Uh, you know, what or who is it? And I'm not necessarily sure that they even know who it is. Um, and But I'm very curious as to kind of how this goes moving forward. This book feels like a, a reading it. It feels like a damn limited series, though. It doesn't feel like a like a long term monthly. Like it's just waiting for something to happen, and it's gonna get you know a hard fresh reboot too. Um, You know, maybe twelve issues down the line. So, okay, all right. My final book of the night. Uh, Let me clear my throat. (laughs) It's X Men Gold. (laughs) Number 30, the final issue of X-Men Gold, uh, after they went through this X-Resurrection, which we talked about on a previous podcast, that they were going to reboot the X-Men books. It makes it a year and a half, 30 books, uh, or two two and a half years, excuse me. And, um, yeah, it ends. It's also ending X-Men Blue is also ending as well at issue 30. And at the conclusion of these two books, there really isn't a monthly X-Men title except for Astonishing X-Men, which is what I would imagine is circling the drain as well. All right. And X-Men Red, right? Oh, and X-Men Red. Uh, that's damn freaking... Right. Yeah. That winner. <laughs> yeah. That winner. <laughs> Whatever. 
All right. Boasting the most number of Wolverines of any comic book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. And then X Force, X whatever, X all these other things, but not the X Men. All right. Um, before we get into X Men Gold. All right. So um, we are all longtime comic book readers, um, and you know, reading comic books or being into comic book stuff has become you know cooler as we've gotten older. You know, when we were younger, it definitely wasn't cool. And we are into a lot of different things besides comic books. Uh, we, we're into sports. I know it might not feel like it sometimes from listening to this, but we are into sports or whatever. But one of the things that we actually were into when we were younger was wrestling, which is probably nerdier and geekier, especially back in the day, uh, than, than comic books. Like, because you had to hide your comic book liking, but you for damn sure couldn't tell people you like professional wrestling after you got over to Asia. I would say probably 12 or 13, because you were going to get clowned <laughs> fairly hard. Would that be fair to say? I'd yeah. say that's about right. Yeah, yeah. okay. I mean, don't even try to play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, okay. That's a whole nother podcast. And, yeah, and I say this only for the reason of the fact that you, some of you younger listeners might have grown up in the Attitude Era or with the the Monday Night Wars where watching wrestling was cool. Like, it was a cool thing to do. Like, you didn't have to hide it. You could wear your Stone Cold shirt, three, Austin 316. You could do all of that NWO. stuff. Yeah, your NWO shirt. Like, you could do all of that stuff. That was not something that was afforded <laughs> to us. There were no internet, uh, you know, smarks or marks or whatever back in our day. You watched the show. You didn't know what happened until it happened on there. You didn't know anything, you know, and this, you know, all led up essentially, you know, to the smart era, you know, when Hogan would turn NWO. I know I'm all off on a tangent here, but basically what I'm saying, and we're going to introduce a term to you called the dusty finish tonight. Okay. It, it is an internet smart term. So that's where this is going. Yeah, it's a smart term. That's basically to the point where when Dusty Rose was booking NWA WCW, uh, there was a time where there was going to be a screw job ending and um, something bad was going to happen. It wasn't going to be a clean finish. There's no one, two, threes. There's going to be a screw job ending, most affectionately known to as the Dusty finish. Uh, RIP Dusty Rose. All right. X Men Gold. Uh, number 30, a full-on dusty finish. <laughs> so, um, I don't know how to start it. I don't know where to end it. But basically, it's thank you. Hopefully, Mark Guggenheim is going to be done with this book. Uh, this book, by the way, I don't know if this is a painted book or is this drawn, but whoever this Mark has, dude, this book is beautiful. The Kitty Pride has never looked yeah, as yeah. good as she has in this book. I mean, holy cow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure how they did it or what he did or if he's that I, I don't even know excuse me but that book looks great uh, and it opens on a book that actually we reviewed here on this podcast <laughs> a long time ago on probably the Thursday Night Comic Book Show the scene where when Peter comes back from uh, secret, the original Secret Wars and confesses that he cheated on Kitty with uh, but I think we called he her. He confesses he was in love with the Human Torch's girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I loved her, but Johnny Storm dicked her down. Um, <laughs> um, but basically, it opens with that scene as literally as a panel for panel, word for word type of situation where he breaks Kitty's heart, and then it flashes forward to, you know, Peter making his confession that he actually loves Kitty. And, you know, she has the same thought, like, you know, this guy, you know, who couldn't come up with the words for a certain time, uh, now has all these words for me. And 
um, in the book is just going to kind of go through these types of things. There's a, a reception at a essentially a, I, I called it a shitty dive bar. It seemed like they would Very been at a, away. Yeah, it seemed like <laughs> it would have been like a nicer place. So everybody shows up there. I, I got. We but got, that's that. That's their local dive that they go. That's Harry's Hideaway's been in a thousand books. No, I get it. I just you know it's a yeah yeah formal wedding. You know I, I wouldn't think it's that it's a rehearsal dinner. But I'm saying not, not a shitty dive bar. Ah. All right, sorry. So we got three <laughs> jeans, two beasts, two ice yeah. men, Jubilee, yeah. Lockheed, and a partridge in a pear tree. Not a vampire anymore. Not a vampire anymore. Uh, Lockheed mm-hmm. shows up. That's so stupid. Did I, did it's you want to throw the book away when you read that? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, uh, a little bit. I mean, there's some. The, <coughs> there's a, the panel with the three jeans. You know, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and they well, do have the and, and the two. Uh, I mean, there's there's some clever stuff and there's some over the top stuff. And then you have the Ileana and Kitty and Ileana speaks the truth. Yeah. Uh, to Kitty. Like, uh, y'all had a lot of chances. Uh, maybe this is not meant to be. And Kitty's like, oh, yeah, it's okay. We're still friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they go onto the roof to have some drinks or whatever. Uh, to be quite frank with you, I thought Liliana was going to be like, look, I love you. And um, <laughs> we're sisters. <laughs> That might be coming still. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah no really, kidding. That yeah, wasn't out of the question. I really you thought you were that, ready for the type of confession I was ready to give you, so I just had to break up your marriage and buy my time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's X Men Gold like thirty eight. That's gonna be X Men Rainbow, um, because oh, uh, they're, they're gonna be all together. At the, I'm reading this as I'm turning the pages. I'm just like, oh man, Ileana's about to like finally come out. I mean, because. I mean, has, she's had no romantic interest in 35 years. I don't think this was she with Doug Locke, except Mephisto. Mm, no, not really. Yeah, so, that was Kitty's boo. Yeah, so except for I mean, and that didn't work out. So I mean, I just think it's time, you know. So yeah, it didn't work out. I thought that was gonna happen, but it didn't. So, Actually, what got me through this book was I was reading it like. I can't wait for this podcast. <laughs> got this, this, this mammy off with Stevie and oh, Storm. And her real Kitty mammy. Locked. Yeah, and her real mammy. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm getting there. Uh, but yeah, it, yeah, it was... Again, there's a dusty finish. So um, all of this is leading up to it and, you know kind of and brother beavis had spoiled it before i had read it or whatever so i was kind of like it you know like love like i could kind of see that happening but you're just kind of waiting to see you know how it's going to happen uh so we got to get through all of that part um yeah so the wedding day uh uh kurt helps peter and then kurt was about to commit a, a major freaking party file He's like, yeah, you know, maybe next time you'll be helping me. He was like, oh, I didn't know it was that serious. Like, yeah, after y'all get married, I'm about to propose. Um, FYI, nerds, don't do that at somebody's wedding, okay? <laughs> do not propose to your girlfriend on some lady's wedding day unless you are ready to get um, exercise from every function that you ever had with whatever person that you did this at that lady's wedding. That's her wedding. 
you propose someplace else. Do not, do not ever mm-hmm. do that. Lord have mercy. That That's is the major problem. It's, it's not a Christmas present either. No, 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 exactly. Oh my God. Yeah, dude, don't ever do that. This is like public service announcement. Yeah, exactly. The more you yeah, know. Right. Do, do, do. All right, so, um, so yeah, so Kitty and is half the battle, and Hoenn is half the battle. So Kitty is getting <laughs> married or getting ready, and her she's getting a mammy off here, as Brother Peter said, as her mom, <laughs> her uh, ballet mammy, and then her storm mammy are all looking on, getting her ready for the wedding, and everybody's got their own share on this. Now Kitty's dad is dead; he died not that much long ago. Yeah. Um, but this is also Kitty's not for Kitty's first wedding. Uh, you know, she was married to Peter Quill slash Star Lord. Um, didn't work what? out. Yeah, you didn't know that when she yeah, was in the Guardians yeah, of the yeah, Galaxy. That, yeah. Yeah, that happens. Which yeah. made no sense, by the yeah. way. She's, really? Yeah, she's divorced um, from Star Lord. Uh, they married them off in that period of time when they weren't doing a lot with the X Men characters, so they had to put them in certain books to keep them, but they didn't uh. want to pop them up. So yeah, she's a divorcee. Um, so, but not her first mar- uh, wet- wedding. Um, and then there's it's Congressman Stevie Hunter. Did y'all know that? I don't know. Um, I saw that when I read it, but I I didn't know that, and yeah. I didn't bother to look up how that happened. <laughs> 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 Ah. <laughs> just threw it in there. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, Jubilee's not a vampire, and Stevie's a congressman. Next. Yeah. Next. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this a little bit. Well, not a little bit. We've talked about this a lot of bit about the mammying up of Kitty from the black characters mm-hmm. there, and then having her mom there is just kind of a throw in or whatever. Um, <laughs> Kitty can get her damn makeup done by a professional. Why she got these people over here doting over top of her? You know what I mean? Like it just, it just seemed a little bit much. And it's like, oh yeah, you know, I care about this character so much that I haven't seen her ass in Nam seventy some odd issues. But I'm gonna invite <laughs> her to the wedding that she can like dote over me and do this shit. It, it, it seemed a little bit messed up. Was that where your thought was, brother B? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I get they, like they tried to pack all the nostalgia they could into however many pages. It mm-hmm. is. But yeah, it was, like I said, just give me the podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, and then there's a, a, a guest spot by uh, freaking Wolverine as well, where he's like, good luck, kids. When he's sitting on the roof. <laughs> Which is stupid. <laughs> like, why can't he go to the wedding? Is he even he did the- yet... This isn't the first time he's done that. Played out yet? I don't think yeah. he's played out. Yeah, I don't think it's played out that he's back and alive. And he's awful young and awful um, Hugh Jackman esque uh, as he's which watching. Yes, he is. is. Yeah, uh, and, and nobody knows which Wolverine it is. Who who knows? Nobody knows. I'm, nobody. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's that. And then uh, so they get to the wedding. The ceremony place. Storm is taking care of the weather because that's what mammies do. You know, the weather is perfect. <laughs> you know, so it's like, you know, she handles that to make sure that there's nothing there. We have to remember that Kitty is Jewish, also, by the way. So we do get the rabbi that comes up. Uh, Ilyana's feeling guilty because of what she said um, to her. Mm-hmm. And then they get to the actual ceremony. And again, this. Ilyana's wearing black to the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's uh, like, hello, demon. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Her plus one was Mephisto. 
Um, so, <laughs> they said he couldn't <laughs> come. Yeah, he was like, oh, they not serving uh, pork? I ain't going. Fuck that. Um, <laughs> Pig's my animal in the day in hell, man. They not serving? I'm good. Go on your own. I'll see you later. Um, so yeah, there, you do get the uh, the rabbi. There's a fun thing about Kurt not having the rings or whatever, and he has to bamf have to go and get him. You know, I mean, it, it <laughs> well, they don't know who Nightcrawler. Is. Speaking of like, they don't know who this character is. Nobody knows who Nightcrawler is either. Yeah, because like I swear, he every single book he's a different character. Yeah, I, for sure. And you know, <laughs> yeah. he's meaner in or not meaner. He's more of a fighter in some. And then this one, he's kind of like you yeah. know, hey, I'm in love. You know, blah blah blah. Like he's all over the place. And again, you get the three different people writing three different books with three, you know, with the character in it. So they're taking like you know, kind of umbrage each time or whatever. And it doesn't lead to the consistency. Again, we were spoiled by having Claremont write the damn books essentially for twenty plus years. And, you know, so we, we, we were spoiled in that regard, but that is a character that has a certain history, so I'm not sure why we don't use that history, um, but whatever. Uh, so, blah, blah, blah. Um, they get to the situ- they get to the ceremony. Again, this is a, like, Kitty looks great. Like, the shot of her coming down with her mom uh, in her dress or whatever, I mean, that is a beautiful shot. I mean, again, I don't know if those are painted yeah. or drawn, but that looks great. Um, yeah. They get down there. Got some hips. Can we talk about the space bullet? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Go ahead if you got something, because I didn't understand the space bullet. Yeah. So I saw like there's a lot of stuff in here. I, I was like, okay, and just kept going. Yeah. So I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> so yeah, I couldn't even like make it through the whole Wikipedia article, but one of her major storylines is there was a space bullet that she had to phase through the planet and then got stuck in the bullet and then they had to find her and get out of her. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? Excuse me? Sometimes comics go wrong. Yeah. And what's hysterical to me is like, oh yeah, I'm thinking about all our trials and tribulations. Like when you died to release the legacy virus and save humanity, and when you fucked that hoe on the battle world, and when I got stuck in a space bullet. What the fuck? What is, they put a space bullet, like, that's exciting moments of their life. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I hear you. I, I saw oh, that, boy. and I was just like, alright, whatever, I can't. <laughs> I was like, I don't even want to know why that's the case of her riding through a bullet whatever so and, you know the, the, I, I didn't even know what the hell that was yeah. Yeah. okay the <laughs> conversation that Ileana had with her on the roof though was basically like well if y'all was supposed to have been together y'all should have been together and you know the cutaway for her hugging her after she said that shit which she shouldn't have was you know Kitty had that look of you know the Scooby Doo and you know, so we get to the wedding ceremony and they're doing their vows and Peter, you know, confesses and does his vow or whatever. And then as he's going to, or she said, no, actually Kitty says it to him first, which is like, if you had your druthers, you should have said that shit then. Why did you even put the ring on it? And then when he get a chance to do it and he's saying his vows or whatever, he tries to put the ring on her and she phases out and the ring goes through, which is a kind of cool shot. I'll give him that. Yeah, I, I think that's a great page. That's like the highlight of this book. Right? Yeah. It's a full page picture. I'm like, oh, that's 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 pretty cool. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah. And she's like, essentially, I can't do this shit. And he's like, what? And she's like, nope, bye, I can't do it. And then she phases through the ground and she disappears. And then everybody's there, stunned. Dusty finish. 
but there has to be a screw job for a dusty finish. So uh, we're like now Peter's like, hey, uh, Kurt. Yeah. We get fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that great best man move, by the way. I totally would have expected you yeah. to bamf me out of my wedding if she had wanted Walmo pull some shit like that. Like, yeah. hey, man, you yeah. need to bamf me out. Um, I'd have dropped a smoke bomb and we had gone down. <laughs> we had to get out. Bam! Bug <laughs> Batman. Don't so, look at us. Don't look, look at us. Stop looking. Um, <laughs> and so uh, Peter, <laughs> and so they get to the, so they go to the reception. And, you know, everybody is like, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. You know, I can't believe what I, I don't believe what I just saw. My God, a dusty finish. And um, uh, I did have one joke here. Um, like, uh, whatever. What was the name? Ink. He asked that they had pigs in the blanket. I was like, at a Jewish wedding? Come on, son. Um, no. A great idea. <laughs> No. I'm glad they dropped his name because I was like, "Can Professor X walk again?" Yeah, exactly. I thought he was like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Uh, Peter finds Kitty at the same hill that the book opened on, and he's just like, um, "You know, what the fuck?" And <laughs> she's like, "You know, I, I." She really gave him every ma- speech that a man gives when they don't want to be with a woman. Uh, it's not you. It's me. Um, I don't think I'm ready for this. I love you, but um, I, she gives him every single speech, which is kind of appropriate for Peter because they're really kind of emasculated dude, essentially over the years anyway. So even if he was like, you know what, Kurt, you know, I think it's time for me and you to, uh, you know, talk about our relationship. <laughs> I was like it really wouldn't have surprised me at that point in time because they've just like, you know, they've emasculated Peter like to the point of it wouldn't have even mattered at that point and he's just like okay well you know whatever like he doesn't get mad he doesn't rip out of his suit like which he should do and like go colossus yeah. on him like you know get mad or nothing like there's no hint of anger or whatever at all and you know as in kind of spinning to the end but you know coming back to this whatever it's like you know so what's the pickup for this he should just be here like you're lucky saji's dead because I'd roll up in that shit tonight. <laughs> I'm done. I need a, a, a pull after that battle planet. <laughs> oh, shit. I would have bought a hundred issues of this book if he like asked for Heimdall and he pulled him off the battle planet. A hundred books. Uh, but that would have been <laughs> awesome. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, so he, I'm sitting here thinking like, uh, this is the, this is, Big Hutch should be here. He didn't he make should. it to the wedding. I know. He did. I, I know. I know. He's probably mm-hmm. sitting in the chat room. But, like, okay, so, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. so the, the book ends, I love you, but blah, 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 blah. And so we go back to the reception, and uh, Storm, another divorcee, by the way, um, mm-hmm. is speaking mm-hmm. to, at the table, is like, you know, as, you know, marriage is hard. Like, well, that's true. It's like, was it even hard with superpowers? I'm like, word, it is? Okay. You know, um, and, you know, you should want to be with a person. If, you know, she gives him this speech or whatever, you know, if you want to be with that person, you can't She's be with like, them. you know how I got this fur coat, though. Yeah. Get alimony from the king of Wakanda. You rub this coat. You see that shit? It's vibranium, nigga. <laughs> You're a vibranium, bitch. Read up! Vibranium! <laughs> Hide your money, y'all. There's poor mutants around. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get me started. So, um, 
Yeah, so, so Remy, for whatever reason, that speech from Storm sparks him to go and propose to Anna Marie slash Rogue or whatever. And, of course, she says yes. They get married in, in Peter and Kitty's, uh, like, remnants of their marriage and ter- outside and whatever in front of Kitty and Peter. Hold on, man. Yeah, that's um, the part that pissed me off. Yeah. Like, you yeah. not get married and then go that, to the wedding that was supposed to be your wedding. Yeah. You need to get the fuck out of there. You need to get the fuck out of there. That should not be together right now. Nobody that shit wouldn't happen. be a happy couple. Yeah, get no. the fuck yeah. out of there. Yeah, also, that, that shit wouldn't happen. That was bad. Yeah, also, that, that that's true, too. But also, um, y'all getting a free-ass reception and wedding out of this shit. Um, no. <laughs> I'm gonna need them deposits. So yeah. <laughs> you ain't lying. Yeah, um, you ain't lying. Make the final. You you need to fill up some envelopes of cash. And yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm taking all of that. Whatever them things was, I'm taking all that too. I'll just start taking everything. Yeah. And back. when you do the dollar dance, it yeah. was my <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Storm, you got some money with all that vibrating? Nah, my check gonna come into the 15. <laughs> you talking about shit? You know the child will be tripping. Um. <laughs> so yeah, so they get married, and then the book ends. T'Challa, you are not the father. <laughs> <laughs> About to get off this earth and go to this mining colony two thousand years in the future, bitch. Um, she's like, yeah, T'Challa, come back. The checks due. <laughs> so <laughs> the book ends. I'm sorry. The book ends. <laughs> With our du- this is our dusty finish where the book ends with them getting married and then and then the double dusty finish uh, the referee gets knocked down twice and his twin brother comes out I, I don't know that's actually not a dusty finish but um, then it's like oh yeah they're gonna spin this book off into a monthly series with Rogue and Gambit called Mr. and Mrs. X um, <laughs> spinning out of their uh, not to be not yet fit finished five issue or six issue miniseries that should have been we started that in freaking season two of the Marvel Hacks and we for damn sure took a long time off to even start season three so that damn thing should have long been over and it's not and so they're going to spin this out into this Rogue and Gambit book monthly series where there's no a real essentially except for X-Men Red and maybe Astonishing X-Men as the only X-Books um when I was old, finished this, I was hurt. I was angry. I was mad. I was confused. <laughs> I, was, I, had, I had many feelings, uh, but most of them weren't good. Uh, Brother Beavis. Uh, you know, I, look, I, I sort of got the spoiler before I even read it, so whatever. I, I have to say, like, so one, like, I give two shits about Kitty and Peter and the fact that it didn't work out for them. I could care less. Yeah. I'm lightweight intrigued by kind of the Mr. or Mrs. X field, partly because, like, this, I mean, this is sort of like the, the Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt power um, couple of the Marvel Universe, um, and I think what's interesting is, whereas you have, like, every other story that's ever been told about any sort of couple in the Marvel Universe, the woman just sort of beats down the dude about being a hero. Mm. Rogue is the power element of this couple, okay. and, uh, <laughs> Remy yeah. might end up being the bitch. So yeah. I like both characters. I think there's some possibility to it. I'm sure, like most modern comics, it'll be garbage within at most 18 months, if not six. Yeah. But I'm, I'm lightweight and true. Quicker than that. I can't imagine that that Rogue and Gambit book sold so many issues that you decided to spin that crap into a monthly. Like it just doesn't make any sense. 
Like, and at this point in time, there is no real X book. And again, we, we talked about this at the, at the start of season three, that these books seem like they're headed for a refresh. If they're refreshing everything else, why not refresh the Marvel books? The Disney merger essentially gets approved by Congress or whatever today, so that gets rubber stamped. So you know all of that stuff is about to get pushed back in. Um, you know, with the Fox characters or whatnot, and they could start creating new characters or whatever that where the hiatus had been on hold for the last six or seven years. So, Sandman, I mean, is it? I mean, are you even mm-hmm. intrigued? Are you even in? Do we even do we even need X Men books at this point in time? Does it even matter? I'm starting to wonder now because do they even is the flagship of Uncanny X Men? Does that even still exist? No. 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 Jesus, man. There was blue, there was gold, there is Astonishing and Red. Those are the X-Team books. Everything else is some side-angle side stuff with X-Force and uh, those types of things. We know Wolverine's coming back in. Uh, Young Mm -hmm. Hugh Jackman Wolverine is coming back in, so you know he's going to get dropped in there. But are we still going to be carrying around Old Man Logan, X-23, Honey yeah. Badger? All right. of the, I mean, yeah. what in the world? Like, I just don't know that... I don't even know that the X-Books are important anymore, Brother Beaver. Uh, yeah, I mean... What, what books are? Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, they're a mess right now. <laughs> in my opinion, Marvel. They're just... Yeah. I think the, the success of the MCU has kind of screwed up Marvel Comics. And maybe they were heading in that direction anyway, but it's it's just a mess right now, man. <laughs> All their books are kind of crap, in my opinion. There aren't too many that I really care for. Yeah, I just I feel like it's it, there's a glut of bad books, and it just there's no stability. There, I mean, it's it's hard. It's a hard sell for a four dollar book every either two or four weeks. Mm-hmm. To be garbage more often than not, and then get canceled before half the storylines pay off. Right. You know, and one of the probably the best things about getting books back in the day, at least you thought you were getting something that possibly could be valuable later down on the line. And I don't think that's even a pretense anymore. Like, you know, there's so no, many. There's no, I, I would guess that most people don't even own physical comic books. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And that, there's yeah. that, too. But there, I think there, I don't think I think the pretense is gone, too, in the sense that. You know, unless you really pay a whole bunch of upfront money to find something that was a super rare cover by this particular person, then you go and get it signed and then get it CGI graded. And I mean, you got to jump through a lot of damn hoops to get a freaking book to worth something anymore. And I don't think even people are doing that. It's just like, oh, I'm going to, you know, digitally, I'm going to read it. Or, which I think is real popular too, is people read trades because it's like, let me read all, you know, like Netflix. I want to watch all 13 episodes of, uh, freaking Luke Cage. I don't want to wait. And what every two weeks, every four weeks, I ain't doing that. I'll wait till the end and I can read it all at once. And <laughs> like I just think I you know, I think a lot of those are conspiring against why the books aren't necessarily but that doesn't mean that the books can't be popping. Like the books just ain't popping. Like they're just stuff that happens. And so you get these goofy things that you kinda try to get people to read them because you you gotta do something goofy. You gotta do a dusty finish to get people to talk about the book. You know, there was no reason that Peter and Colossus couldn't get married. Or Peter and Colossus, that would have been fun. Peter and Kitty couldn't get married. <laughs> there was no reason that that I happened. I can remember, I can remember like legitimately waiting, like hardly being able to wait the 30 days for the next part of the story. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
and, and because they took their time with stories and, and were plotting things out for over time. Now it's just like, nah. They, they, had, they had a plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no plans now. All There's these no books plan. feel like they, yeah, they, like they just made them up and they know at the last minute is like, well, we need to do this. We need we need a pop. We need we need something. Like do this. Do, make an event, and then it's over within a one or two months. Yeah. And then <laughs> they're back to square one again. It's like okay, what do we need to do now? All right, you let's just start don't care. Again. Don't care about any of these. Yeah, you just don't. Yeah, and exactly. It's just it's it's super frustrating. So like I said, you sent the spoiler out ahead of time. I was just like, ugh. Well, let's see how mm-hmm. they do it. And then and again, it's just a, I was a completely fine with them I would have been fine with them getting married or not getting married that would have been fine the adding Rogue and Gambit getting married at the end is a complete dusty finish and I'm just like whatever man I don't care it's two characters that I like they have no business getting married to one another because they're completely freaking messed up at least for all this comic book history so you now uh, we went well they'll find out that that Morph was the uh, Morph was the, was the rabbi <laughs> <laughs> oh, legitimate God. oh lord <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 we keep saying this. There is a dusty finish in this. You know there is. There's no way that those two are going to be the stable uh, couple for the X Men. Them two? No. Come on, man. No. <laughs> Come on. This is wiggity whack. So, I kind of imagine that the X Men books, when they refresh, they're going to have to do something with the uh, time displaced X Men. Eventually, they're going to have to get rid of them. Having two of everything is never a good thing uh, so I would imagine that happens and then you bring Wolverine back in he probably winds up in whatever I mean one book two books however many they're going to put him in but you bring that back and you just kind of wonder what team that they have moving forward and, you know, I know a lot of younger readers or whatever like these other characters the, the honey badgers of the world and all that stuff uh, I can't fuck with it it's just not for me and um, I'm not ashamed to say it so yeah, you can have it. Sorry, go ahead. You, I can't follow that. Yeah, pretty much. It's about says it all. Sorry, hello. I, hello? No, I'm good. My computer was down there. I forgot to plug oh, it. So okay. we're okay. All right, bye-bye. All right. So, yeah, that ends the old man complaining about comic books and young kids portion of the podcast. Um <laughs> <laughs> That's basically it. And it will also conclude season... Y'all came for the snark. That also concludes season three, episode six of the Marvel Hacks. Uh, as we have said on the previous issue, we will uh, we'll come back to this. We'll come back for season four. Um, we were hoping to get, or I was hoping to get, Batman's uh, wedding in here <clears throat> uh, with issue 50 of Batman as our that's their one. But that's still, uh, I think, a month or so away, or a few weeks away. Uh, so we'll come back to that. Uh, this podcast will take a, a how many episodes we got left on season one of Game of Thrones? Three. So three, yeah, three. So a little feedback in about three weeks. Uh, we'll be back with the Marvel Hacks be season four. Uh, we'll come back with some fresher books or whatever. I'm sure we'll get some news in between that time about what books are coming. I think we might have a Fantastic Four back by then. Um, so yeah, it'll, it'll be a good time to kind of start. Um, again, remember this podcast is found on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Um, rate, review, subscribe. Um, you know, hold on for three weeks. Uh, there's a whole archive of, of podcasts. If you are new to the Brothers Comic Network or whatever, at least the comic book show, uh, there's plenty of episodes we've reviewed. I would say hundreds of books <laughs> at this point in time. 
uh, over Feels the course like of the last two years. Um, you know, some good, some bad. So if you're kind of into that, there's a whole archive of them. Just search Brothers Comics, search uh, Marvel Hacks, search um, the Thursday Night Comic Book Show. It's gone through a couple of revisions in terms of the, the name of the show. And if you are a fan of Game of Thrones, come back in this same spot, same bat channel, same whatever. We'll be right back here with uh, our Game of Thrones recap podcast with episode eight. Uh, speaking aside, real quick too, for whatever reason, my wife—I'm gonna pay for this later. My wife watched all of the caves with me, and then now she's watching Game of Thrones with me too. I just have to edit the violence. So I don't know, but the payoff for that is going to be harsh. You need to, like, put the piece of paper over the projector during the bad parts. Well, yeah, I have to take that out and the, and the, and the, yeah. But we, we're, we're actually through um, uh, Ned's ending there. Uh, we're actually on episode nine, so, and, you know. The, the conclusion of his arc. Yes, the conclusion of his arc, yes, very much so. Uh, so, yeah, so, yeah, be off and on the lookout for that, all right? So as the X-Men, the animated series, music starts to take us out. Remember, uh, you can find me on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Flickr. We have a Flickr. There's all the pictures from the cons that I've been to. Uh, just search Brothers Comics, B-R-O-T-H-A-S-C-O-M-I-C-S. Uh, no real Brothers Comics business. Oh, I have Florida Supercon in like three weeks, I think. I know, uh, Mike Coulter is going to be there. I, I, yeah, yeah, Luke Cage is going to be there. So I, I, I like to attend his panel. Uh, but beyond that, I don't think there was anybody else there. Oh, well, actually, that's not true, Brother Beavis. Somebody that's uh, built like a dude, um, Rachel <laughs> Rachel Lee Cook is going to be there. That's that's going to be a difficult. <laughs> that's going to be a difficult one. Not gonna lie to you, that's going to be a difficult one for me to not uh, uh, saunder by her table for sure. Uh, but yeah, so we got SuperCon coming up, and I think that's it for the con season until we get to the fall. All right, so I'm the producer. I'm signing off. Go ahead and sign off. Say it, man. All right, people, we will see you on the next episode, whenever that may be. Whenever that may be, yep. All right, uh, Brother Beaver, sign off. Don't get fired. You, no, the black people ain't going to hate you this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. Not this week. Just safe for now. Yeah, just safe All for right, now. See you next season. All right, peace, y'all. Peace.